0: The first
1: yeah, All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 154. Today is August 9th. We are currently recording during... During the first Royals game, it's one-one. Judge was fucking safe. That was bullshit. Boone got ejected. We'll give updates as they come and give live reactions. So if you're listening total to this, the following
2: call. By the way, what? Total bullshit on the balk as well. While you were running through the quick little update. Sorry, carry on. I just want. No, talk I to just us about t- it. I just wanted. I just want to toss that in there. That the balk was also total bullshit.
1: Yeah. No, I mean I, I, Boone had to get ejected for that yeah, I feel like he hasn't got ejected in a while. So that was good to see. At least he cares about this team still. I mean, the team, the team in general looks like they do have a bunch of life right now, aside from the, you know, the 18 innings in a row of being scoreless. But before that, because we're recapping a little bit of the Mariners series too, they actually looked fucking good. But just to give you a little summary of the, what the show is going to be about, uh, Tyone actually that's new information. So he's had a great line. He was six innings, pitch four hits, zero runs, four Ks, two walks. We're going to get into him a lot. Uh, all the Yankees are hurt again. What else is new? There is potential movement that is on the sun. Obviously, this is going to be a recurring segment that we have here. The current population, if I'm not mistaken, is what was it, Chandler?
2: We have Wade, Wandy, Nelson.
1: It was four. And Wade, Wandy
2: Nelson and Crispy.
1: Okay, and there's potential movement there. Well, Guardy was on it, so we'll, we'll get Gardie there. came Spoiler off. alert. Yeah, but we haven't announced that yet on the podcast. Yeah, we so did. spoiler alert. No, okay. we put it on the as a post. But uh, Yankees take three out of four in Seattle, and they are currently, like we said, playing in Kansas City. Uh, Gallo hates the shift even more than we do, which is shocking because we fucking hate the shift, and so does he. Um, and uh, yeah, how you doing, Chandler?
2: I'm okay. I would prefer that we uh, could score some runs against the fucking Royals who have 48 wins. But, you know, other than that, I can't complain. How are you doing, Luke? Nobody ever asks you. I feel like it's always. No one does ever
1: ask me. But, I mean. How are
2: you? Who is Luke? How is Luke doing?
1: I'm doing good. I'm just settling back in after vacation. San Francisco was fun. Uh, I'm actually going back on vacation to go to Minnesota. Uh, I I need to stop, honestly, going on vacation. The summer traveling. I was saying this to somebody else before we get into the Yankees news. I was saying this to, I think, Damon or somebody. Probably not Damon. Damon's been MIA for a while. But it's just like I, f- I forgot what a traveling summer is like because we, you know, we didn't have last summer. So I just forgot that this is what this is like, and it's exhausting. So, it is
2: not exhausting. Traveling is so fun. I'm no, but it's fun. It's but yeah, I can't wait.
1: I just haven't been here in the city for a weekend, and I'd miss it. So I guess we'll get... That after I get I back from that's Minnesota.
2: you live in New York City, that's where most people vacation. I live in fucking Charleston, which you're, is you're still, still on a vacation cool in New York City. I, I vacation in New York City.
1: Either way, uh, at the top of the show, I figured it's a good time to go through the injury report. If you haven't been paying attention to it, I don't blame you because it's a lot. There's been a lot of movement there. We are the most injured we've been probably ever. I know we talked about that last episode about potentially breaking that record because the COVID and the actual injuries are piling on this time. So that record in 2019 is bound to be broken because there's two months left now. But in terms of the injury report now, why don't I start from the beginning? Good news, before we get to the bad news, Severino had four perfect frames in his Somerset Patriots uh, rehab assignment. He's looking good, and he's potentially, I think you found it out. Chandler, I didn't see, see this, but he's going to be ready for the yeah. Boston series. When's that?
2: So, it's looking like his next rehab start before next he... week? No, well, his last rehab start is Friday, and then, if just based on a five-day schedule, the next, that lines up for the 18th for the finale of the Boston doubleheader, and then you have the primetime <laughs> night game. Boston, New York, in the Bronx, Seve lines up for that start. So, I don't know. They'll probably find some bullshit way to not make it happen, but based on like typical starter scheduling, that's what we should have.
1: I'm curious to see how they how they handle Sevy because I don't I, the way they've been handling every player on the Yankees. They are not gonna be handling hit. They're gonna be handling him with care, obviously, considering he came back, looked great in his rehab, and then immediately got another injury, and now he's back off that. So I guarantee, if you're anticipating Sevy to be, you know doing the whole doing the damn thing and and being a workhorse for multiple multiple innings. I get I'm not expecting anything more than I mean he threw four frames in the Somerset Patriots game. So I'm fun expecting probably that.
2: that. F- two fun facts. One, that's the first no-hitter ever in Somerset Patriots history. Our guy Brandon is the center fielder for that team. So round of applause to Brandon and the Patriots. And thank you. Thank you. Number two, the Yankees have now thrown a no-hitter at the major league level, the triple A level, the double A level, and the high A level this year. Pretty That's cool. gotta be a record, no? I I like to think it is. I mean, all I I mean it seems like low A Tampa needs to get their shit together, and then we'll have a record, but so far so good.
1: I like the Tampa Tarpons too. I'm a big Tampa Tarpons guy. I got the cup. I usually drink out of the cup saying. during the show. I don't have As that right now. As somebody
2: who also owns a cup, I'm a big Tampa Tarpons fan. Also, I believe Dominguez is there, so.
1: We got that cup together, right?
2: We t- you're, t- you're goddamn right we did.
1: That was sweet. What a I and-, two of them. and now what a memorable cup because it has all the memes attached to it, so.
2: Uh, it's that was more fun. than a- it- it's more than just a cup.
1: It's more than just a cup. It's an entire nothing. It's an iconic Cup now. Uh, more, more on the injury report. The bad news. So that was the good news. Actually, more a little bit good news to the Glaber injury, which is funny because he was in the game having a great great game and gets hit in the hand and then he ends up getting a single right after that, but obviously we know how this team goes. He gets hurt and he is... We get optimistic news about it, though. Aaron Boone said the Yankees believe they got good news. Glaber Torres thumb injury. Boone estimated 20... Or 10 to 20 days. I'm going to err on the side of 20. Uh, for his return he's going to see a specialist in the coming days let's assume 20 probably 30 so you got to just whatever the range was just flip it and just add the extra 10 on the other side of that so let's assume he's out for a month so he's going to be back in september on september 9th so
2: i have a question you know just kind of while we're on the subject of it and i know my answer to this so actually as a matter of fact i'm gonna give you my answer first and then i'll ask it um assuming geo didn't have a setback today apparently it's not that bad he should still be back relatively soon and geo comes back before glaber how do you configure the lineup do you stick geo at short considering um dj's triceps injury and then odor at third or also there's another option that gallo did come up as a third baseman. do you try sticking gallo back there and then roll with your outfield of whoever
1: i this is assuming glaber comes back after Gio, well, I mean, you, he will
2: because will, Geo's setback supposedly, like I said, take or like you said, take everything with a grain of salt that the Yankees say, but supposedly it's not a bad setback and he'll be back, you know, whenever we get back from this. Not uh, this
1: week, but so uh, no, let's, well, let's book it for we next get, week.
2: It's whenever we get back from the road series. So this weekend, the 17th
1: right? in Boston, no, in, in New York against Boston. Yeah.
2: And then it just you'll sucks have sucks
1: with all these injuries. Side note that. You know, the Rizzo thing happened and all these are happening right before the field of dreams. And I feel like the MLB hates that because, you know, you're getting a good team in the White Sox, a hot team in the White Sox, a hot team in the Yankees, too. So if we were coming in with a full team, that would have been fucking awesome. It's just it's just
2: the average price of tickets for that.
1: Are they even on sale?
2: Yeah, the average ticket right now is going for over fourteen hundred dollars. The Are they cheapest? not? I was
1: expecting them to be sold out right out of the gates. Are they no, on the sale? Cheap, you could buy it now.
2: I mean, you can buy them off like StubHub and shit. Yeah. I'm sure, like aftermarket's, but the cheapest ones like $1, thirteen hundred, and the average is like in the mid fourteen hundreds. Then
1: Fuck you got to get it. a flight to iowa you gotta yeah because nobody lives get a in flight iowa. back right away from iowa because you're not doing anything but going to the game when you get there probably playing in the cornfields probably trying to track a few joey gallo home runs um
2: yeah good fucking luck
1: i'm excited for that game i know we said it before but i'm really excited for that but to answer I your question i
2: totally forgot about it until like this week but sorry carry on
1: to answer your question assuming geo comes back before glaber i mean i Hopefully that's not an extended problem to have. Maybe it, I think this situation will probably happen for a week or two. Can, hoping Glaber comes back at least by September ninth. But I don't. I don't like the idea of putting Gallo at third. I know maybe he came up as a third baseman or he did it. I don't know that he's done it at the MLB level at all. Uh, maybe he has. I haven't seen it. I, don't, Gallo, I haven't yeah, really watched yes, a ton up... of Texas games. But
2: well, so Gallo, I was way once upon a time, I was a big prospect guy. I got like super into it for a year and it just happened to be that class of Joey Gallo. He came up and he was, he was not a bad third baseman. He wasn't amazing, but he played, I think his first like rookie year. And then part of his second year, he played third base. I think he could do a serviceable job at third if need be for a week or two while Glaber finishes his, rehab or whatever. We've
1: just got enough of the out-of-position guys that I don't he's want know. He's not out-of-position,
2: though. That's what he but grew up it, A
1: secondary position, out-of-position.
2: It was his primary. The outfield's technically his second position. he's fucking damn good know. at that. I do so. I'm
1: not big on the, the DJ at first camp. I'm not big on the Wade in center field camp. Like I, If we can avoid that one more time... I mean, even Odor. In this situation, Odor will be at third base, not his primary position. So... I guess you don't win either way, but I prefer moving the guy from second to third rather than, you know, outfield to to third base. Even moving, people were worried about, like, Gallo playing everyday center field, and now you're talking about moving him to third. I'm totally cool with the outfield moving around because I don't really think, I know it matters, but it doesn't matter as much as moving from outfield to infield, I'll say.
2: I just, like, my whole thought process is if you're going to, nobody's going to be playing in their natural position right now anyway because of that. Why not get your best bats in the lineup? And the defense is not going to be perfect, regardless. Any right. way you set it up right now, people are going to be playing out of position. Why not? If he has experience there, put him there. It makes a little sense. You can get all your best bats in the lineup. You can that way you don't have Tyler Wade fucking hitting every single night or that Velasquez or whatever. Whoever's playing short tonight, I don't even know his name off the top of my head, and I should know, but Velasquez. That, yeah, he's a Bronx so, native, man. I, well, I, he,
1: apparently playing well in, in the minors. Was he on dude, he's Brandon Lockridge's as, team?
2: I don't know. He's on A, But he's fast as fuck.
1: One thing I will say is we have a bunch of speed coming up.
2: Yeah, we do. True 75 grade that. speedster, Brandon Lockridge. Coming up soon.
1: I just hope he stays with, with the Yankees because then we'll have our, our in-clubhouse insider. That'd be dude, a Dude, if fun. he
2: stays with the Yankees, I'm going to be the most obnoxious person in the state of New York
1: we'd have a regular podcast, uh, a regular guest come on the show to round out the rest of the injuries. Um, Rizzo, obviously, with the COVID, he apparently seemed, he, he was achy right now, positive. People are saying that he isn't vaccinated. I'm not going to get into that whole thing, but he has COVID right now, hopefully that, I mean, that's at least, what, 10 to 15 days, sometimes more. He's got to test negative twice, so that's a whole... Um. Situation that we are all too familiar with. Chris Chapman is also on the IL, not for COVID, but he's got the 10-day uh, IL with elbow inflammation. Brooks Christie was recalled in his place.
2: Uh, wait, what?
1: Kriski was the replacement. How the, did the I miss out. that? Yeah, I don't know.
2: Either he's way. He's also on the
1: Sun. I'm actually kind of happy that Christy's up because we get more. more. I, I enjoy watching the guys that are on the Sun because I like seeing if we could take them off or not. Obviously, it takes a lot to get off the sun, and like we said before, Brett Gardner got off the sun. It's hard to get off the sun for us, just spoiler alert to those listening. It's hard to get off the sun in one game, but if you walk it off, you're off the sun. So, And then I'd say he's got some leeway in terms of getting back on because he did walk off the game. Well, it's not
2: even just a walk-off. If you walk off with the pedigree and background of... Uh, yeah, see, it's starter. all different, like if yeah. Tyler Wade walked it off, I wouldn't give a shit. He would still be on the, like Tyler no I, I is, think
1: he would still get off, but I think he would have no, mo- he would have a quicker leash in terms of coming back on.
2: I mean, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. Tyler Wade is I don't
1: think Tyler Wade has the capability to walk off a game.
2: I don't either, but even if he did on like a bunt single, he's still on the Tyler Wade would have to do a lot like he's played serviceable third He just base stole a bag, did he?
1: A little Are bit you before. Are watching this? Not right now. No, no, that was like yeah, five minutes ago. I am behind, but not that no, behind.
2: I was gonna say you're watching it better than I am, but no. I mean, it takes like Wandy Peralta had a decent start. The actually a damn good start. Not to you know, I kind of downplay it there, but he had a really good start the other day. He's still on the sun, so, so it I guess We're
1: getting into the sun conversation. I wanted to get into something else before that, but while we're on the topic, you we, to we might the as well. Sun or
2: the bull- because I know that's no, no, time. no,
1: no. We, well, while we were talking about the injuries, I want to talk about something else, which we'll get into in a second. But in terms, okay. the sun's quick. So while we're on the sun top topic, so Guardy gets off. Like we said, the current population of the sun before any moves are made is Guardy, krisky Peralta. Who am I missing? I'm missing two more. You say Wade.
2: What did you say? Guardy, Peralta, Wade, Nelson, and Chrisky.
1: Nelson and Nelson. Yeah. So those are the current population of the sun. Guardy is off. That's unanimous. I think everybody would agree to that. Yeah. So a lot of people wanted us to put Heaney on the sun. So the jury is out for Heaney. His last start was six innings pitched, four hits, four runs, nine strikeouts, three walks. All were in one inning for those three walks. And since becoming a Yankee, he has 10 innings pitched, eight earned runs, 7.20 ERA, five homers, and a 6.2 ERA+. Plus. What are your thoughts on Heaney's situation?
2: Uh, give me one more start before I declare him on the sun. Just because he bounced back well, uh, his first two innings fucking atrocious. But after that, what? What? What did he go six or five or six innings?
1: Yeah, he went six. And he, he went he, six. He so told Boone he wanted to go out for the seventh, but no. he had like a hundred something in pitches, and Boone was like, yeah. no. And no, he, it's, you, it's, you suck I agree. bad
2: enough in the first hundred. Sit the fuck down. Just be happy you only gave up four.
1: He finished with nine Ks, which is which is a testament to what he did after the fact. And I agree. I'm, I'm I will say that.
2: this: he is by no means good. Anytime no. I see Andrew Heaney take them out, I'm not. It's not a sigh of relief like, oh, thank God, there's our stabilizing force. Like Andrew Heaney is here. Nobody fucking worry. We can win one zero. That is never going to be the scenario. But, 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 I'm not ready to put him on the sun yet just because of how he closed out. If Had he given up one or two more and been pulled in the second or third? A hundred percent. But that gave me a little bit of confidence just because New York's a new environment, a hard place to pitch in, that he was good in L.A. But, you know, he's he gave himself one more start worth. If he goes out and gives up four more, then I'll fucking see you out of face, buddy.
1: Yeah, you know, he battled, and at first I thought he was a no-brainer to go to the Sun, but then he battled back, and he, he definitely, he's not hopping on the, the rocket ship with Elon just yet. But uh, lastly, we kind of hit on it a little bit. Wandy is on the Sun, and the jury's out for him to potentially come off, because he did have the opener game. We are recapping still, like we said, the Mariners series, as well as the active first game of this Kansas City Royals game game which is still 1-1 and it is the what bottom of the eighth is that
2: Uh, top eight first and second 2-2 two two outs judge up to bat Should get
1: into color commentary but uh, so Wani Peralta with the opener and then the clean other inning I I forget what he did in that other inning but what do you think about that is that enough to take him off
2: no 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 no. No. he's been bad he's been bad enough to where he he needs a little bit I need like I, I think we were texting about it right before this actually that he needs i need at least one one more like absolutely extravagant inning out of the bullpen or two good ones before i'm ready to take him off the sun and even then it's like it's a very short leash off the sun he's on the ship but he isn't back to earth yet yeah
1: so one other thing i wanted to get into before we got into the trust tree was that is all the injuries so uh, we posted this before and i just wanted to get your take
2: two to one yankees two to Aaron one judge. yankees let's Claps go single two one
1: i love that judge is just doing the he's just he's like the power numbers are kind of there and to the uh, i know and i remember some yankee fans making i know but th- some yankee fans are making the comment and i think fuzzy is the one who called it out and he was like oh i, I I'm, I'm pissed the judge isn't doing what he's capable of in terms of the power I mean, the man's has like a 150 ops plus and he's just doing the damn thing and i'm i'm i've always been one that's i always say this too i like small ball and everything like that and i love that he's just taking what's given to him that's a perfect example of that right there
2: yeah he just flared one out to right he did exactly what he had to do on the two strike count and I even texted my friend before that. I was like, I was judged the least clutch hitter of all time. And then he did that. So now, you know, fuck me. I'm a giant idiot. But
1: people are talking about that. I know Dan put a actually, video about he that. He not today. been
2: very good in clutch situations. That's not me being an asshole. Like, I'm no, generally speaking very wrong and overreactive. I'll be the first one to tell you that. He actually is not very clutch. That was a very big moment for him. So.
1: Yeah, I can pull up the tweet. I know Dan Rourke talked about that. I mean, the tweet basically said that, so I don't need to pull it up right now. But it was talking about high-leverage situations, low-leverage situations, and medium-leverage situations, and his best stats were in the low-leverage situations. But I'm not worried about that. I know he's definitely a clutch hitter. Maybe that's just in the lens of this year because I have fond memories of Aaron Judge in the playoffs just tearing the cover off the ball. So I'm not worried about that in the slightest bit. This is obviously... You know that's not a good sample size of him, and he's having a damn good year. So I don't really care. Um, no, he's
2: been absolutely this. You know, asterisks, but he's been absolutely asterisks on what I said, not him. He's been fucking fantastic this year. I'm just I'm being overly critical because he's supposed to be this otherworldly player. That's yeah. it. He he's been fantastic. I have zero complaints about him.
1: So. This was kind of wild. I know Brian Hoke put this out today out when I we when we're recording this, and it's the Yankees' current injured team. So I made a little graphic to show the injured team versus the active team, and I put out the question to everybody. I want to talk about that. Here is who do you think would win in a seven game series? And honestly, at first it was kind of a joke, but it's totally not a joke. This is of this would be a bloodbath of a series. Nobody's getting any home field advantage because it is both. I mean, honestly, the team that's getting home field advantage is a team with Nestor Cortez on it, but <laughs> that's equally canceled out with, you know, I wish the way we should decide who's going to win. This is who has the least members of the sun on their team is going to win this series. But who? we'll get to we'll get to Dude, that. That's, that's the that's a tiebreaker. That's the tiebreaker. Okay, so okay. the injured team is as follows. Uh, Fraser in left. Hicks in center, Trey Ambergine right, Andy at third, Urshela at short, Glaber new addition to this team's at second base, Rizzo at first, Gittins is the DH, Gary catching, Chapman is the relief pitcher, with the starting pitcher, well, the, the rotation being Cole, Sevy, Montgomery, Monty, <laughs> Montgomery, I mean, that's a top five rotation, Kluber, bro. Herman, excuse me. That is the rotation that minus Tyone that we were expecting to have opening day. And did this? That's like a potential playoff rotation right there. Um, yeah, and then the active team is Gallo in left field, Gardner in center field, Judge, Odor, Wade, LeMayhew, Voight in the infield, Stanton, Higgy, Lasagna, and the starting pitching is Tyone, Nestor Cortez, Luis Hill, Andrew Heaney, and Wandy Peralta. So, honestly. I take My the first IELTS take
2: just because of the pitching. The pitching yeah. staff is fucking nasty.
1: So I would take the bats of the active team because the only real bats on this injured team is Rizzo Torres, for better or worse, whatever he's been this and year. He hasn't Andrew been Har. great this year. Andujar, small sample size this year. Gio is a good bat. Ch- and, and then Sanchez for whatever he's been doing this year. But then you look at the active team, and you do have some boppers on the team still, like obviously Gallo, Judge, Void when he comes back a little bit, he did have a nice little whatever that was to right field that was.
2: He's been playing some damn good first base, too. And while we're, Voight, while we're on the topic of
1: Void, while we're on the topic of Void, he has been playing damn good defense. He's been hustling to the... He's had like four or five plays where he's just sprinted to first base and looked like he was going to take out the guy who was running to first. But I want to talk about those comments that he made, which is, in my opinion, awesome to hear. I know a lot of people were in the comments on the post that we put up was uh, Meredith asked him, like, what do you, what's your stance on needing off days and everything like that. He's like, I had a hundred off days this year. I'm good to play every day. I fucking love that out of him because I think him saying that is actually going to make a difference in terms of him being in the lineup of every day. And also because, you know, we, we need him. Our current IL team is, borderline going to beat us. And I would give them the nod in a seven game series. So we definitely need him. And the other options are also on the IL. Like Gittins would be another option. Rizzo would be another option. So
2: I think he's just pissed off. Like that is exactly, he obviously isn't fond of the Rizzo trade. He even talked about it. He was like, yeah, uh, it kind of confused me and whatever, but it, it was weird. But I think that's what he said. He said, it's weird, but I understand it. I haven't been here. he's like, I'm fucking here now. And you can tell he's pressing at the plate a little bit, too. He was swinging out of his fucking shoes yesterday. And a lot of people kind of were bitching about it, and rightfully so. He did leave, like, a small colony on base. But at the same time, you, you have to understand where, where he's coming from there. You just replaced him with a guy who's a – you'd have to check the stats, but at – the eye test, he's a borderline Hall of Fame guy in Rizzo who brought back the Cubs. He won the World Series for the first time. He was the captain of that team, the face of Chicago. And you Hall of Fame him or and- not, they
1: brought in a just as good, if not better first baseman, and that's exactly. that's enough to be pissed off about. Well,
2: not even that, but they brought in a guy that's just... A starter. He's, he's Anthony Rizzo. Like yes. If you talk to somebody who's not a good like a very casual baseball fan you said anthony rizzo big oh fuck yeah that guy's cool if you talk to a casual baseball fan that doesn't really follow the yankees and you talked about luke voigt the big oh yeah i've heard that name but you know like it or love it we love luke voigt as yankee fans but he's not a brand name baseball guy anthony rizzo is a brand name baseball guy you brought that into not replace him, but to play first and figure out the pieces after that. And all the trade rumors surrounding him. I understand where he's coming from. So, and it makes sense that he was pressing.
1: I mean, the Yankees, Yankees actively said we are looking to ship Luke void. And then I obviously couldn't find a suitor, which sucks because now you're not, not stuck with him. But now like, I always think about that when you, when you try and trade somebody and you can't get a deal for them, how awkward that is to be back there. And not only how awkward is that in regular situations where you try to trade for some trade somebody and you can't find somebody like a Clint situation every other every single year. Not every other year, I was going to say, but also when you find a replacement in via trade and you now are stuck with that person you were trying to replace. So that that's the most awkward situation possible. There's a
2: cat on your head right now. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on right now, but.
1: <laughs> for the audio only people. Check out the YouTube the Brog's pinstripes you too, because Chandler's cat is just having a field day right now with his hair.
2: Yeah, I don't know what, what's going on here, but...
1: No, um, but that, I just think that's the most awkward thing in the world. And it's a different story, especially also when, like, if I'm void, obviously you're pissed, because regardless of what you think of the bat, obviously Rizzo is having a, a good start to his offensive career with the Yankees. We don't know if that will hold up to the point where it is, where it has been, but... I mean, Voight is just as good offensively as well, but the, the obvious thing is the defense of... for Rizzo. So like, when your defense is better at your position, you're shot in the foot to start in terms of like being competitive for the job because the guy's way better than you defensively, which is probably why Voight is trying so hard defensively right now to show that he he's more than capable.
2: Did you see the stat of the WRC Plus leaders of first basemen since the Yankees acquired Voight? I think he's fourth in all of baseball, like right behind Nelson Cruz, maybe. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, he's been a damn good hitter and this, nothing that I've said or that you've said even is to discredit Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's fucking awesome. And I think honestly, he's underappreciated as a Yankee. I'm just saying right now, it looks like he's pressing because of the magnitude of that Rizzo trade.
1: I mean, this is where you find out what he's made of. And and I've seen this personally, because I'm a Eagles fan. Like, you see it when when your replacement is at at the ready, like he's on the team trying to take your job. How do you do? Do you sink or swim? Like this, like I've saw it saw it with specifically Carson Wentz, Nick Foles Josh is coming Schwett. for his job. Josh Sweat, what? Josh Sweat, the D lineman.
2: Yeah, he's a defensive end. He's an animal out of Florida State. Thank you very much.
1: Regardless, but I saw it firsthand with Carson Wentz. Folding under the pressure of a replacement twice because he had Jalen Hurts and he also had Nick Foles coming for his job and we'll see how Voight handles it. I think Voight might use it as as motivation, but, you know, that remains to be seen. He's never had this. He's always been the guy coming in and taking a job. Let's see how he handles somebody trying to take his job, especially somebody like Anthony Rizzo, who has the pedigree. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. So before we get into the reliever trust tree, actually, I want to get into that sooner rather than later, because Chad Green just came in with guys on first and second, nobody out. And for me, I do not have him very high on my trust tree right now. So why don't you tell
1: me your trust tree?
2: I'll tell you mine. And then you can can I'll make
1: adjustments to yours if there are any.
2: So, mine right now, as of today, if somebody were to come in today, I'm not saying this is my long-term one, but right now, how I'm feeling, I have Loisag at one, I think that's a unanimous, of course. I have Clay Holmes at two, yeah, fuck me, right, for making fun of him. Then I have Nestor, then Ridings, then Britton, Green, Litge, Jolie Rodriguez, Wandy, Albert Abreu, um... My machine pitched little league team, an actual pitching machine, a pile of wet dog shit, and then Nick Nelson
1: i did you intentionally leave off Krisky?
2: I didn't know Krisky was on the team. I looked at the roster before this just to make sure I didn't leave anybody off and I didn't see him on there regardless just, well
1: he he was t- he was take called back up from that post that I saw um within the chapman i l stint, but you know, maybe he's he's not okay. on the roster because he's on the Sun, so like, they're listening to us.
2: If he is on the roster, group him down there with Nick Nelson.
1: Well, I, it's it's nice to see you're at least consistent with the Sun because Wandy Nelson, and Kriski are all together on that list, and I have them in the same list, and I don't even think it matters. I'm not going to make adjustments down at the bottom there because if you're that far down, who cares, and you're all on the Sun. So I would I will honestly just lump it in together.
2: I will say this before you come gunning for my head. This is based on Today, like recency bias, obviously. So, this is not if we we're going into a playoff series, this is not how I would have the bullpen stacked. Obviously, you're going off pedigree, big game moments, everything like that. This is how I'm feeling for this is a current. Mid, no, I, that's how this I, is how, how I'm a, feeling for a mid August game right now.
1: That's exactly like a, a person coming into the game right now in Kansas yep. City in the bottom of the eighth. Who do you like? Who would how would you feel about all of these people coming in? And that's always uh, no worries.
2: how it's. Uh, Chad Green. Oh, I thought you just gave foul. up a home. I thought you just gave up a three-run home run. No, that but uh, that takes accentuate my fucking point, but
1: yeah, but and Chad Green's been great this year. So oh, but, yeah. uh, he's been great this year. He has big moments where he gives up runs and stuff like that. And that's what happens with being a good reliever is you're in high leverage situations. So He's actually been one of the better relievers well, in all reliever baseball this year. A does
2: blow the high leverage situation. It
1: happens when it happens once. You see it more than you see other stuff. It's in happened other, more
2: than once. He's just having he's having, he's having a good year,
1: and you uh, that that something needs to be some breaks breaks need to be pumped on the Chad Green hate because he's in our highest him. leverage situations.
2: Let me make I my adjustments I don't hate first. him. Hold on, real quick. I don't hate Chad Green, and I think he's a damn good reliever. I just don't trust tree. This is a trust tree. If I have somebody in a high leverage situation, right now as of today, I don't want to be Chad Green. I really don't. He has not been very good in high leverage situations this year. Look at Houston. He came in and gave up fucking 6, which I know that's one game Houston, 6. Last game came in the extra innings and immediately gave up a fucking laser single. It's just and I know that doesn't really count as an earned run. Oh, well. Sack, fly. Okay, so I know that doesn't count as an earned run, but still. It was an 0-2 count. He gave up a fucking laser. Bo- single borderline double.
1: Listen, he eats innings. He's at 56 innings already this year. That's I don't obvious. want a
2: reliever to be an innings eater.
1: Well, we need that right now. So We need
2: that right now. With I'm our rotation
1: saying. being what I said <laughs> right Nester now.
2: Cortez at the two.
1: With Andrew Heaney, Nestor Cortez, Luis Gil, as good as he's been. Wandi Peralta opening games. We need... Relievers to get innings, and he's done just that. He's a, he has a three two one ERA this year, and that's that's, a that's fair point. That's good. So, not that reliever ERA really matters that much, but that does play to my advantage in this argument here. All right, give has, me
2: your trust tree
1: because he has had blow up innings, and it's still a three two one ERA. So, my trust tree, the adjustments that I would make, I would have Lasagna at the top, obviously. Um, I would honestly, I'd flip. Nestor, and Clay, I I agree. Oh, with,
2: there goes our lead.
1: <laughs> I agree two. with I agree with you. I'm glad we started recording this early because it's going to be a late game. I can I can imagine this game is going to be one of those extra inning games, and we'll see if Brett Gardner can uh, come out on top. Maybe we'll see if Tyler Wade has it in him to walk off a game for the first time, which neither of us yeah, think he can. Just do. a
2: quick thing: it's the fucking Royals. They have 48 wins. Figure it the fuck out. Sorry, carry on. So you've got uh Nester.
1: Nestor. I think Clay and Ridings are good there right now as well. Britain hasn't done it for me, um just confidence wise. I honestly I agree with everything you had there. I, I think Jolie Rodriguez is good to have above the sun guys. I think he's been good since he's been here. I haven't he's really been
2: fine. he's been fine. He's done exactly what you've asked of him, which isn't anything high leverage, but I mean he's had a couple innings where he's come in where it's a zero zero game. But he had, I had to come in with like two runners on or anything. So he's been just fine.
1: He's got a 2.92 fib since he joined the Yankees. And he has a two earned runs, four or five year, right? But, you know, 2.92 fib's pretty good. Um, and he's, Side he,
2: note Jared Dyson still plays baseball.
1: Yeah, that's wild. But he just hasn't been awful. So I, I can't put, we haven't put, we haven't, we haven't even brought him up to be put on the Sun. So that's, that's pretty good for him. In that obviously Sam bodes well for, for being on relievers. top of those guys. So. Yeah, but, I mean, Nestor has just been... I know he has. he's had... He gave up, like, one or two runs last start out, but... Oh,
2: he gave up one, and he did fine.
1: And he rides the subway like everybody else in the city. And know he's
2: wearing a Save the Planet shirt. He's just, he's just a guy.
1: That doesn't bode well for the Yankees being the biggest COVID team out there. Maybe that'll spread more in the city. I don't know, but... If I if I saw Nestor Cortez on the subway, I'm trying to find out what station he was at. Because I would love to be back on his nightly commute. I think it
2: was on... Oh, fuck. I even read it, too, and I forgot.
1: I don't see it in this picture. But if, boarding, if I could find him... He was boarding
2: him, the F train, if that helps you.
1: Is that the F train?
2: That's what it said when I looked at it.
1: If I can find Nestor Cortez on the way back from his commute, I would have to get a picture.
2: He's just like he, a.
1: He's basically like Spider-Man now. He's just dude, a, get him on the show. He's like your dude, you everyday local person. guy from Queens. Just a your local neighborhood Spider-Man. He's just the best, which is why I'm glad I have him at the second spot on this trust tree.
2: You want to know what's funny? I'm thinking about it today, the first time Nestor came into a game this year, it, it was somebody who has access to our social media accounts. It was not me. It may have been you. Was Nestor Cortez took the mound? It was a screenshot of his face, just zoomed in on his mustache. And it was not the face you want to see in a, in a tight ball game. And now look at him.
1: Yeah, I did post it. No, that. I
2: mean, that's totally right. You are not wrong. In the when moment, that the was the ma- first
1: time he came back in. And exactly.
2: And we're like, this guy didn't even make the team. He got cut. So. But
1: keep in mind, that I was also the first person to buy into Nestor Cortez on the show, and there's videotape, and there's actually no, clip tape. True. I clipped that one part, and I said that we, there was the clip where I said you scoffed at me for saying Nestor Cortez has been great. Check the tape; it's there. That was after his first three outings that were all shutout outings, and they're all like three innings pitched against good teams, the Athletics, the Red Sox. I remember it like it was yesterday. I studied Nestor Cortez film, but yeah. so yeah. I, I rebounded I off that. So. But yeah. So next thing I wanted to get into was Louis Gill because Louis Gill has been great. He obviously had the two starts. Um, let me check his stats. But what
2: uh, eleven innings pitched, zero runs, and I think he had fourteen strikeouts. And then fourteen strikeouts, walk, eleven innings pitched. That's my guess. Yeah,
1: so zero, zero. Uh, you you nailed it. But um,
2: I, yeah, I'm a I'm a loose. Heel fan i I don't know that he necessarily has a a spot on this team going forward. Just because if you look at the rotation, you've got Kluber, you've got Seve, you've got Cole all coming back in the next week or two. So that sets you up with obviously Cole, Tyone, Montgomery, Kluber, and Seve, which is a pretty fucking. credible rotation you're not going to put a rookie who has no experience in a playoff rotation but what I was kind of alluding to last week is coming into next year we have one free agent contract on the whole team before the trade deadline where you added Henny stuff like that but Rizzo Heaney Heaney and Rizzo, Rizzo our only free agent contract going into it before the deadline Was Kluber and based on his age and how he's fared injury wise this season and the last two years combined, it looks like we're going to have an opening for the five spot in the rotation, right? So you've got the opening in the five spot. Hal doesn't want to go over the luxury tax and the only thing he's cared about recently and Brian Cashman's cared about has been getting one of the high profile shortstops. So if you're scared of the luxury tax and you're going for a high profile shortstop, obviously you're not going to add a frontline starter. And I really, the free agent class isn't great. You've got Kershaw and stuff, but obviously he's going to go back to the Dodgers. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. I you honestly you wouldn't
1: a, want him to come to the Yankees just because no, I, 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 I want be him either. to be he's, a Dodger.
2: I do too. And he's, a, he, I'm pretty sure he's a fly ball pitcher. But either way, i it, the whole point of this is everything's kind of setting up for it to be a homegrown battle for the five spot. And you're going to have Debbie who's sucked ass. You're going to have Clark who's been hurt. You have heel and Domingo. So basically it's heel versus Domingo. Cause I really, I don't think they're going to bring Clark up that fast. I really don't in worst case scenario in my eyes, they're just going to rotate those four. So I think, I think earliest we see him 2022 as a rotational piece, not as an actual staple, that I think 2023, 2023 when you see Tyone and Sevi and stuff hit free agency, is when you're really going to see him take over as a staple, as an every fifth, every fifth day starter. Sorry for my long spiel there. I just no just, yeah that, that was very, good. I'm very passionate about our pitching rotation just because I'm so fucking ready to see these prospects. We have six, I think we have six or seven pitchers in our top ten. And we're just waiting for them to come out. Like, Debbie, last year, he did great, and then he regressed. And Clark, and all this stuff. And then you got Medina, and Gill, and Uh, we trade Viscano. Um, But either way, the point stands the same, that we have so many of these top pitching guys, and we're all waiting for them. But we're just waiting for the timing to be correct. And I think that's kind of what we ran into with Heal here.
1: A lot of people are saying that Heal is – what we were what Sevi was supposed to or these the next Sevi, and he's what Devi was supposed to be excuse me I don't know if I'm ready to say that, but honestly when you look at the numbers and proven numbers honestly, I don't really know that Devi has been all that great in his in his professional career in the majors, so I think he already has the advantage coming out guns blazing like this I, I from what I remember over the the whole I know Devi's had a lot more exposure in the majors, but it's he's had a, a ton of growing pains while he was up in the majors and he's been, from what I remember, pretty average when he's been up. So he'll, in my mind, has an advantage over him in that respect in terms of looking dominant when he comes out in his first two starts to to start off his major league career. However, the sample size argument is obviously there. So I don't know, man. I obviously You know, he'll get sent down. That's something that we all expected. They call to called him a replacement player And I honestly, they may do the thing where they manipulate his service time and they don't have to pay him and all that stuff. And then they eventually do bring him back up for his next start. Because when you read out the current rotation that's on the active team, he's going to start in his next spot. Like the rotation, like I said, is as follows. It is (laughs) the active team is Tyone, Cortez, Heal, Heaney, Peralta. He's going to be playing... In his next start, and starts to come because until Sevi comes back or Kluber comes back, and even when Sevi comes back, I don't foresee him being the odd man out in the in the rotation. I think that's obviously the Peralta start gets it gets plugged up by Sevi. I don't see. I I would keep him in there over Heaney. So when we're t- let's play the game of like when when guys come back, because we're hopeful that obviously Cole comes back, Kluber comes back, Sevi comes back, Cole's going to come back
0: but the Kluber so actually, and Seve thing
2: question, real quick while you're on the topic of it, before you get into deep diving into whatever, I have one main question. I think it's one of the main questions of rotation. I just want to get your opinion on it before you go into like your spiel on it. So when everybody comes back, what do you do with Domingo? Cause he seems like the odd man out right now. He's the borderline five starter. You're going to have Cole Tyone, Seve, Kluber, Montgomery, and then you have Domingo. It's, do you put him in the long relief role? So
1: let's build our playoff rotation right now. I, I would see, obviously, it's Cole. See, Kluber and Sevy to me are big question marks. I almost moved Tyone up to the two right now after the last couple, not couple. I 100% The last do. I don't, month I don't and an change. Almost. Yeah, the last month and change, he's been the best pitcher probably in the American League. Not probably, he was. Not he, probably,
2: he, he's the American League pitcher of the month. And, and then you so, add him today. In July 1st, he's got a one-two-five ERA.
1: Yeah, so, and then you add today's start in there, which is six innings pitched, four hits, zero runs, four strikeouts, and two walks. Run. He is the second best pitcher on this team right now. And that is fucking phenomenal to see because, I mean, the guy has stuff. He's got stuff and it's showing... I just hope knock on wood he doesn't catch the injury bug because that's obviously been his bugaboo and that would be horrible to see this great season of his derailed because that would probably do it for his career. Like if that if that kind of thing happened again, I mean that I know that's kind of hard to say for the rest of a guy's career, but like if it keeps happening year in year out and you're having dominant stuff right now and then you get another setback, that's that's tough. I love the guy and I hope he fucking stays up and he's fucking awesome. And I want him, He he's a vital part of this team, especially because he's spearheading this current rotation right now. But if you look at a playoff rotation, like I said, Cole, Tyone, number two. Then you got Kluber and Seve, like I said. Who knows what happens with either of them? I know Sevi's looking good on his way back. He's going to be a piggyback day, probably. He went four perfect in his recent rehab start. There's not much time left before the playoffs start. If we do make the playoffs, I think we will. I mean, 50% it's.
2: percent chance, according to fan graphs.
1: It's August 9th. We have two oh months God, left, a little God, less Joey, than two months what left.
2: What the fuck are we doing? What the fuck are we doing?
1: All right, I love enough.
2: Joey Gallo, but what was that?
1: We have two months left of the season. I don't see. Seve or Kluber building up enough to be full-time starters to the point that other names on this list are. So in terms of giving them starts, I, I wouldn't be upset. I, I don't think that necessarily moves them into the bullpen, but I do think we might have to have people piggyback. Maybe we even do a weird thing where we have Seve and Kluber be uh, like together on the same day. That'd be kind of cool if they did that. That'd be a little unorthodox, but that's a that's an idea right there. But I think regardless, because you're going to need huge bullpen days on both of their, their starts. Maybe those are Nestor days, because Nestor's as great as he's been as a starter. I doubt he's going to be a a starter in this rotation. He's not going to be, so that's a that's a good plug-and-play for Nestor right there. And then maybe that's maybe that's why you keep Heal up there, because that's four right there, four days in a rotation. And then, like you said, you have Montgomery and you have Herman. Heaney's not going to be in there. I like heel over. I don't know. I, it's hard to say. I don't. I like him currently over Herman, but Herman has had flashes where he had like we. He, his last start out, he had a no hitter through. He won't
2: make it over Herman just because like of eight. The experience, the experience. Yeah, Herman, and that's always right? been and, the thing. and between not even the experience, just the way the Yankees operate. They're not going to take a chance on a guy like that. You're going to take the safe route, and maybe that's not just the Yankees. Maybe that's baseball in general, but. They're not gonna go with heel in a playoff over a guy that's won twenty games in the major leagues before. It's the, the rotation on in the 2019 team.
1: Yeah, I mean he's got experience in the major leagues. That's gonna that's gonna play over. He's got a 4 4 5 ERA this year. He's been pretty, you know, streaky, obviously. His most recent start with the the no hit the the eight no hit innings or whatever the fuck it was, obviously you're gonna take that over that. So when you look at this rotation it's gonna be hopefully Cole, Kluber, Sevi, Tyone, and I'm gonna take Montgomery over Hermann. So honestly, I was like you say, said.
2: You gotta put you have to put Montgomery out there. Honestly, right now I'd put Montgomery on the three. And then you cut. Ca- Uh-oh. Luke Voigt! Luke Voigt for the lead! Let's go Fucking right, Luke. Let's fucking go. In the top of the ninth. It's about fucking good for him. This makes it interesting.
1: This makes the conversation interesting with the Rizzo situation. Let's have this conversation right now. Quick hot take. Can Luke I Honestly, here's the question. Can Luke Voigt do enough to be the everyday first baseman?
2: No, but look. I I don't need him to be the everyday first baseman. The whole plan of Luke when you keep him on the team is to have him as a rotating DH. So you need Stanton to play the field and you he need has St- to. you need Stanton judge Gallo out in the outfield and you need Luke to you need Luke to DH and then you need to just rotate everybody. You need to rotate Luke into first. You need to rotate Rizzo. You need to rotate Stanton. Give everybody their shot at DH. And there you go. It's good. Perfect. I fucking
1: love Luke Voigt. I hate the the slander of Luke Voigt, too. And that's not just being a prisoner of the moment right now. I just fucking hate the slander how people forget that he led the majors, albeit in a small season. He led the majors in home runs, and he's a damn good hitter. He's been nothing but great since he's been on the Yankees. And he's getting slander just because everybody loves Rizzo. And I love Rizzo, too. And that's not a stain at Rizzo, because I think Rizzo is going to be the first baseman. And this all boils down to Stanton playing the outfield. I think Stan just has to fucking nut up and play the outfield because that lineup, like we said before... I don't
2: think it's Stanton. I think it's the front office. Like I, really I think, think they have Stanton, to realize what the situation Stanton is had right had now. his choice, I think Stanton would play the outfield because even... I mean, Stan's not a fucking idiot. He has to know he played better when he was playing in the outfield every day. I know this is all just a little way over-embellished because Luke Ford just hit a fucking... His biggest home run. And
1: it's not way over-embellished, though, because he's been amazing since he's been on the Yankees. He literally led the ma- major leagues in home runs last year, and he's and that's it's not true. a small sample size because he's been great since he's been on the Yankees. And if this is, this is probably the most interesting part of this team right now is how they handle it because it's not only a Luke Voigt versus Rizzo like we've been talking about this whole time. There's a lot of moving parts. You have to figure out what, what's going on with Santon, like I said, playing the outfield, whether or not he can do it, he wants to do it, or even, like you said, the organization wants to let him do it And they have the faith that they want to they want to protect their long term investment and help. Hopefully, like that's that's their mentality. Is like we don't want him to be a fucking vegetable by year, like in two years, and he doesn't do anything, doesn't even DH for you. Which I think is unfair to him. I think he's done it before, and I think there's he's obviously been injury prone. But like, if you got something like that, you can't play scared. You got to let it ride, especially in this situation. I think this is fun to see, and this is probably the only situation where we would ever see. Giancarlo playing the outfield as much as he potentially will do, will in the future is because of this void situation. And I'm excited to see it because the potential lineup now would be in no particular order. We obviously we got Glaber. Uh we have DJ Glaber.
2: Yep. Yeah. The I'll lineup right is now, disgusting. Glaber playoff, would be the
1: nine hitter in this lineup. My
2: playoff rot- my playoff lineup right now adjust the hitters however you want but if we're rolling into a do or die wild card game which is what it looks like it's going to happen i know the al east is still technically in play but it's september or i mean it's august it's a that's a huge ask i hope it happens i'm not counting it out but the more likely scenario is a wild card game if we're going into a do or die wild card game i've got rizzo first dj second Glaber short, geo third, Gary behind the plate, Cole on the mound, Stanton and left. right. No, Stanton and right, Gl- or Judge and center, and Gallo and left. And then you're DHing Luke Voigt. And you, there you go. You have all your best hitters on the field at the same time. There's you no have to reason. Do that. There's no reason to play Gardner and sit Luke Voigt. There's just no fucking reason for that. And I know Brian Cashman's out there every single day saying, you know. Brett Gardner's our center fielder. That's fine. Brett Gardner's done a great job as a Yankee. He had the big walk-off hit, but you cannot, if everybody's healthy on this team and on it for a playoff series, you can't justify playing Brett Gardner. I'm sorry. And this isn't Brett Gardner slander. You cannot tell me that Brett Gardner's a better player than John Carlos Stanton. You can't tell me that Brett Gardner's a better player than Aaron Judge. You can't tell me he's a better player than Gallo. You can't tell me he's a better player than, better player than Just At like, least it, it, at the- least hitting-wise.
1: The main issue is like you can't when you have the potential for that lineup. What are you gonna do? You're gonna you, are you actually when you look at the lineup? And it's not even about the wild card game. Like we're trying to make the playoffs right now. When these guys do come back, you kind of and not kind of. I want to see this lineup every day until proven otherwise. And if Sen gets hurt, playing running him out there in left field or wherever the fuck you want him to play, so fucking be it. It was meant to. It was gonna happen anyway. Like just come on already. It, because now, at that point, the decision is made for you, and now you have Voigt being the everyday DH. And like, now you don't have a, a tough decision on your hands because he got hurt, and that's how it goes, and whatever. But like well, you cannot play is, scared like point? that. You have to just keep running him out if the lineup is a difference of Luke Voigt and Brett Gardner. That's a no-brainer. You cannot, well, You can't play scared at that point.
2: At what point do you take too much account into his contract and not about winning? That's my that's my whole thinking. If you're like, how do you prioritize years eleven, twelve, thirteen on his contract? I've never over, seen a
1: team handle a, a player that. That's
2: way. What, no, I know they're babying the fuck out of him. And how are you more worried about the back years of the contract more than you are about winning? If it Frank ends up Carter, being a Chris Davis contract,
1: Frank it ends Carter. up being a Chris Davis contract, and that's exactly. fine. Play him I now love- while he's less likely to get hurt because now you're going to keep doing this every year after this, even more so. So play exactly. him now what are you until do? he can. You
2: have a 13-year DH who's eating up payroll and space on the team, or you can play him in the outfield. He's a good outfielder. Did you see a play made in right field? I know it wasn't a gold glove play, but he made a damn good play that say with the bases loaded the other yesterday or two days ago, and that's a good play. He is a good outfielder. At bare minimum, he's serviceable. You can't just stick him in the DH role and accept mediocrity and other facets you know, as far as outfield positioning just for the rest of his contract or else you just fucked yourself. That's basically admitting that we fucked up on this contract and you know what? You may have fucked up on this contract, but at least show some fight. Like you can't just accept it in year three that he's a DH for life and a part-time DH at that. Cause sometimes they still bench him for re- scheduled off days.
1: We're aligned like, on this. Yeah, we've, we've beat a dead horse with this. We've talked about it before. I don't but care.
2: No, no, no. Well, it's we haven't beat a dead horse with it because we haven't had no, today, Rizzo and Voight.
1: Today. So we've, we've got it. We've, we're both aligned on this. Let's no, move I on know. to other not, things. I'm
2: not arguing with you. I'm just like, it, I'm heated about it because there's no reason that you can't have them all in the lineup other than just trying to justify to yourself.
1: And it'll remain to be seen until these guys come back. Because so. right now, Voight's going to play every day until Rizzo's back. So yeah. we'll see. That's something that you guys should keep an eye on. So next I wanted to bring up, uh, this is kind of on the same note of people coming back and, and someone being the odd man out, is Odor. And Odor has been great for us. And he's going to be the odd man out when Gio, Rizzo, and Glaber all come back. It's just obvious there's no place for him. He's not going to be DH like we just explained. From, like The the DH is, is clogged with Voight and hopefully not Sen. He has no place in DH He's got no place in the field, assuming health of the other three people, which is fair to assume, I think, because those three are are scheduled to come back, based on you know COVID and Gio back sooner than later, and then and then Glaber after that. But I I'm I'm not upset about it. I I think he's done his part for this season, and he will continue to do it for from here on out. But just one thing that I am excited to see, and this has always been the thing about this Yankees team in the past three years being next man up Yankees teams is that you create depth that way. And that's, that's a big thing that we've seen, obviously just by creating these two teams and that graphic that I made, you could see the two teams are, are relatively deep teams. Like you, those are two teams. Like what, albeit some of the players are bad, but like you're feeling teams that actually look like they would be baseball teams. You look like, like a middle of the pack baseball team. And that's one benefit of doing this, and we talk about that all the time, and now you have depth. And with specifically with Neto Dor is he seems to only get hits. Like, his batting average is, like, in the 220s around, and it, you it is for his career. But he always comes up clutch and gets the huge, huge home runs. And I can't think of a better person to be the first pinch hitter off the bench when a righty's up on the bump.
2: And oh, I, I can no, see he actually, him. He hits lefties better. Fun fact. Well,
1: regardless, I think he would be. He is since he only hits in the clutch moments. He is going to be the best pinch hitter to literally ever play baseball. And I cannot wait until he hits a walk off in the playoffs.
2: Dude, he's going to be the best pinch hitter. One, you can't. Also, side note, you cannot leave him off the playoff roster. No, but no, he's going to be the best pinch hitter, and he's going to be your fucking hype man. You think every time Gallo hits a double. Or if even if Gallo lines out into the bullshit shift in shallow right field with a hundred and ninety seven thousand mile an hour exit velo, I mean Rugi's gonna be up there on the top step pacing back and forth, rated fucking. Yeah, we need him in the gone. dugout. Yeah, absolutely not, I mean, or not in the dugout
1: specifically. He won't be in the dugout, <laughs> but we need him he'll
2: he'll be on the top step or pacing back and forth on the dirt, but you need you have to have him
1: and i think he'll gladly accept that i think he knows no, he, he knew care. coming he's in a team yeah
2: guy he yeah. didn't even expect to be on the major league roster and now I here fucking he is love him. i do too he right now he's one of my favorite yankees
1: i really hope britain did close this out but uh while we yeah. while britain potentially closes out this game though just to give you guys a timeline if you're not watching live with us on the bronx pinstripes youtube go subscribe to that but if you're listening to it the next day that's where we're at currently I think we've done a good, pretty good job of talking about our topics while just peering at the game as it goes on. But I think it's—I'm it's, it, curious to see how you guys are consuming this episode because knowing exactly what happens from the beginning of listening. <laughs> so let us know how you think about that. Maybe we'll do this more often, or never do it again. So let us know about that. Um, why don't we go to our first? Why don't we go to our first voicemail?
0: Ryan from Long Island. Uh, Quick shout-out to Murph from Amsterdam, New York, originally, which is up there near Glen Falls. I just wanted to talk a little bit or hope you guys would talk a little bit about uh, the pitching situation. Uh, Assuming everyone's healthy, which, to be honest, is probably not going to happen, but perfect world, everyone's healthy. Um, Who's the odd man out or odd men out when we get to playoff time? Obviously, Nasty Nester has to be a part of the mix. Uh, Steven Riding comes out of nowhere. I know Chandler had a little trouble with his last name, I think, last week. Riddling, Riddling, I heard a few times, but it's understandable. He used to be a substitute chemistry teacher. Now he's coming out <laughs> of our pen throwing absolute smoke. So he's got to be there if he's healthy. Um, who's out? We've got Chapman, Britton, Green, Litgey. Those guys are all locks. But uh, just curious what you guys think. Uh, love the pod. Love all the content online. Keep it up, and uh, look forward to hearing.
1: Appreciate the call, Ryan from Long Island. The voicemail number is nine one four four six nine two one six eight. If you want to leave us a voicemail, we're usually going to do the episode, the voicemail episodes for the Tuesday episodes. We're going to do them once a week. But uh, in terms of odd man out, I think we hit that a little bit. But I'll, I'll we'll reiterate. Uh, I don't. He said. Actually, licky. he
2: asked a good question as far as the bullpen goes. Yeah, cause... I
1: think I was more focused on the bullpen in terms of the rotation. we'll put a button on that real quick. The I think the odd man out, like we said, it's going to be heel unless he comes out of the pen, which that could be you know going into that bullpen conversation as well. I don't want to see
2: heel out of the pen. I don't want to see I'm tired of putting guys who've been young guys their whole lives who are young out of the pen and expect it. It's a whole different thing, especially in the playoffs. You're putting a guy, a young guy out there and expecting. Him to know what to do. It's a whole different ball game coming out of there. So I, I don't want to see it. I either put him in the rotation, or oh, hey, guess what? Tie game. God damn it, Britain! Fucking Christ! Uh, all right, well, can I drop him on no. My and especially
1: putting a guy who's been good in a starting rotation in the pen, because usually they take young guys like Loizaga, and the Seve has done that too, where they struggled in the in the starters' role, and they come into the The bullpen after that and then they put him back into Domingo did the same thing so especially when with heel being a good starter I don't want to see him be moved to the pen so I think he's the odd man out I think Heaney's not going to be on the roster I think Debbie's not going to be on the roster that's obvious he hasn't been here I think Clark's not gonna be on the roster in terms of the bullpen who do you have as an odd man out I hope it's it's Wandy, Nick Nelson Chriskey
2: yeah, no, all three of those are as good. as I hope
1: gone. We're on, the better person to talk about in the situation. What do you think, Riddings? What do you think his situation is with the team? You think he's been? Hopefully, he does more.
2: I don't. I don't think they're going to keep ridings on for postseason. They might. but I think they I just, could. I think they could, but just they the Yankees. I guess they have been known to take one wild card in a postseason. I'm sorry. I'm just blindingly angry at Zach Britton right now, but. Uh, They've been known to take one wild card, kind of, in the postseason. So, Ridings kind of fits that, not Riddlings. Sorry, I got a little amped up on the last episode. but I was um, confused, too. Dude, whatever. Same thing. But, I mean, I could see it. If he stays with – th- I'd say this. The biggest telling factor is if he stays with the team through this wave of Geo, Glaber, Kluber, Sevy, Montgomery, and Cole coming back, if he stays on the roster, there's your answer. So if he, I would stays like to r- see
1: him in the bullpen. I don't think our bullpen is deep enough ro- to bump him out.
2: No, if he stays on the roster through that, then it would be okay. But I just don't see. I don't think they're going to get rid of Wandy, which I think is kind of the role he would take. And I, I, I hope really, they do. I don't. I do too, but I don't think they will. What the, they haven't yet. The only time that Wandy's missed time was on the IL. He hasn't been sent down or optioned or anything. I don't even know if he has options. But it's also
1: a lefty so I think currently on the active roster I just don't see
2: I just don't see a place for writings I think perso- like results wise he deserves it but
1: maybe we won't even have to have this conversation because maybe he'll play himself out I hope he doesn't but you know, we'll, I guess well, time will fuck, tell
2: if we're losing games to the Royals we might not even have to worry about a playoff roster for fuck's sake
1: so let's get to the next voicemail
0: Uh, how you doing? Uh, I just wanted to add a comment about Brett Gardner's play. I know he gets a lot of crap for him not being a consistent hitter as he used to and kind of fell off a little bit about his fielding. But you kind of need a guy like that in the lineup. I mean, he's a scrappy batter. He'll get, like, pitchers, like, seven or eight pitches per at-bat. And, I mean, he runs his heart out. Like, that's the guy you want on base when you need, like, one run in a small ball game. So I don't know why Gardner gets this hate. I mean, he's the longest 10 Yankee on that roster. He's proven to me that he earned a spot on that roster. And I mean, it's gonna be a shame when he goes, but I don't know where all this Gardner hate's coming. He's that guy that you really need in the lineup when your hitters are not having a good day, like judge and they just can't. hit. But yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, have a good
1: one. Appreciate the call as always. Didn't get, didn't catch the name, but appreciate the call. Um, I mean, listen. We've been big Guardy haters, and that's not really so much. Like we, I respect the hell out of him. I love. I love, say, I say love say Brett thing, Gardner, and I quick, also I love him. Off,
2: we're not Guardy haters. Nobody hates Gardner. And I think. I think the unanimous thing here before. I'm just gonna say one quick thing. I don't think anybody hates Brett Gardner. I think we can all recognize though that there are better options at this point in his career in almost any situation. Yes, he'll have the big moments. But you cannot tell me that every day Brett Gardner is the go-to guy out there. Sorry, carry on.
1: And I think they're kind of doing him a disservice by throwing him out there so much. I mean, that's not true because right now we do kind of we do need him, and he did just walk off a game. So he just hasn't been great. And I don't know. I just there are better options, like you said, and that's we don't we aren't Guardy haters, but it sure seems that way because no,
2: I absolutely love Brett Gardner. I really do. I've been a Brett Gardner fan for. As long as I can remember, honestly, he was one of my first Yankees I really liked. Not really, but (laughs) I mean, he's been... Since 2009 or 10. he's been a good Yankee, man. But I just... At some point, you have to accept that he's just not the player that he was anymore, and he's done the magic thing the last couple seasons where he's aged backwards somehow, but his age has finally caught up to him. He is... He's just not who we need. He was signed to be a fourth outfielder. If he was a fourth outfielder, he would be an awesome fourth outfielder clubhouse guy, but that's not what he is. And they're trying to force something on him that he's not. And I guess that's kind of what it's that makes it sound like resentment, but it's not. It's more of just like a, he it's just a flat out fact that he's not the best guy.
1: Yeah. Agreed. So one thing I wanted to do before we close out the show today, we maybe maybe we could do this as a recurring segment if we can keep track of them. But I wanted to use this as a freezing cold takes part of the segment and just look at one of our like we used to, we do those change my mind posts from time to time. We should start doing more of those, by the way, just so we can honestly keep track of our takes. But I before the season on February thirteenth said Clint is going to be a top three left fielder by year's end. Oh boy, was that a cold take? So I think that I think that's just funny to look back at some of our takes because. Some of them are hot. Some of them are not. No oh, pun yeah. intended to our segments on the show here, but I, there's, I just think that's funny because Clint is clearly not a top three left fielder uh, by year's end. That was top three left fielder in the MLB. I don't think he's a top three left fielder on this team <laughs> on this team right now. So I
2: don't think he's the top three left fielder on Scranton. the Scranton Rail Riders right <laughs> now. Yeah. So
1: I think that's a funny thing to uh, to uh, talk about there. Good for good for Tyler Wade trying to fucking bunt there. You are useless other than bunting, so just go ahead well, and.
2: Two baddies, fucking down 0-2 trying to bunt. So. I know.
1: Here's the thing, and this is my gripe with him. I don't have the gripular button. I I need to really put that on tonight you so too. I can have that back. Right. But I, it, it just for a hitter as that as bad as you are, like just be the best bunter in the world. You should always be bunting. I am happy to see that uh, Velasquez Vasquez, whatever his name is, is, on second base. So hopefully that's Dude, good. We have
2: Wade to Higgy and Brett coming up. In the 10th. We're fucked.
1: Murderer's Row. Alright, I think that's going to do it for us. We obviously didn't catch the outcome of this game. We're going to be watching along, so you the entire time... Yeah, thanks, Zach Britton. So you guys the entire time would have had a closeout show with the final uh, outcome known by the end by us. You guys already know, but, you know. Maybe we'll do another impromptu reaction to this because this is probably going to be a heartbreaker. I'm ready to have my heart broken, but...
2: No, me too. But hey, at least Clay Holmes is up. Good, so he can shut us down or shut them down, whatever. Fuck. All right, so baseball Make sure so. to give us a
1: five star rating on iTunes if you think we deserve it. I hope you think we deserve it. Uh, haven't gotten any re- any reviews in a while, so we'd love to see yeah. some of those in the. We work uh,
2: very hard for those. You know, I mean, we've stuck through this team, stuck by this team through thick and thin. So yeah.
1: So if you uh, are feeling generous. We see the downloads. There's more downloads than there are people in the in the reviews. So if you here's a little thing,
2: if dude. You, you need to offer to eat a baseball again, or
1: something. that was I was literally about to say. If you guys give us, I am not sure how many we're at right now, but if you give us 20 reviews, I think that puts. Let's if you if you get us to 250 reviews by the next time we record, I will literally eat a baseball and live stream it on the next show. So help us out. Help yourselves out if you want to see that. So. And if you haven't already subscribed to the Bronx Pinstripes YouTube page, we're trying to grow that. We do the live shows on there every time we record the night before, so you'll catch them early. Uh, we also do them on Twitter, but go to the YouTube. That's where we like to do that. We got a tight-knit group over there in the comments all the time, so shout out to the the uh, the locals that come and uh, support us while we're recording. They put their questions in there while we're recording, too. It's a, It's a whole fun time, so yeah, let's go Yankees.